Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm Riff. And I'm your third guy. Hot stuff. Third guy. Yeah. You're the third man. Third man out. Broadcasting from the grassy knoll. Are we podcasting from the grassy knoll? It's just a grass-stained couch. It's really gross. <laughs> Somebody left the couch cushions out and a hobo took them to the park. And just rubbed just, them just, on yeah, the ground. Yeah, just sledded down the hills with it. <laughs> yep. I wonder if that would be effective. I used to take a sled, like an actual, just like one of those round sleds out, uh, and in the middle of the summer, sled down hills uh, in the forest, which worked just fine because it was like all like the a carpet of pine needles. Yeah, the pine needles. Yeah. It was super, super slick. Uh, just hurt a lot when you finally bailed <laughs> at the end. So we would uh, in the summers in in Phoenix, I, and I didn't get there really until I was an adult. But this was a thing that apparently the people that I was doing this with did a lot as kids. You'd go to the grocery store and buy uh, like a block of ice, like a twenty pound block ice. Uh, and how much did that weigh? Uh, about fifteen pounds. Okay. Um, it w- when you when it melts, well, it's yeah. lighter. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Because there's less energy in it. Yeah. <laughs> there's more energy in it when it melts. Um, and I guess energy is light. <laughs> but you'd uh, put a towel on top of it and then sit on it and just slide down a hill like on a golf course or mm. in a subdivision with like nice grassy hills. Did it was it like a cube or was it like shaped kind of like a sled? It was shaped like a loaf of bread kind of. Oh, interesting. Ooh. So it's shaped like something that rhymes with sled. Okay. <laughs> well, that's imp- well, that's what's important. Uh, that that's reduces why, the friction. Right? That's why it works. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's good to know somebody named Fred. <laughs> it has a lower coefficient of rhyming friction. <laughs> Guys, do we're people, learning so much about Do people physics. go out to the dunes and do, like, sandboarding or sand sledding? I think they mostly just ride dune buggies huh. and that dune carriages and <laughs> dune conestogas. Dune, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dune messiahs. God's emperor of dune. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you guys been up to, Riff? Have you eaten anything weird? <laughs> Uh, well, funny you should mention that. Somebody, oh, dear. <laughs> well, it's not very weird. It's just a, it's just a new idea to me, but somebody, uh, somebody on Metafilter mentioned the idea of like easily cooking eggs by just cracking a couple eggs into a Ziploc bag and dumping whatever else you want in there and putting it in a pot of boiling water for a few minutes and you get like, I don't know, well-cooked eggs without having to clean any pots or anything. That's that's basically how you cook scrambled eggs uh, when you go camping and stuff. Yeah, everybody yeah, everybody like makes their own little food. omelet style. Thing. The Ziploc bag doesn't the... melt. So no, the Ziploc bag doesn't melt. Mm-hmm. I get, and I guess this is also like what the the fancy food people call like sous vide cooking or something. No, well, <laughs> not no, at all. Sous vide sous vide is done in much lower temperature yeah. water okay. over a much longer period of time. Yeah. But I guess it's the same. I mean, it's it but is applying it's applying like heat it to something. Well, yeah. but it isn't boiling it. It's specifically not boiling it. It's okay. like you, you're putting it at like 120 so degrees like, or 140 degrees. So like high degrees. temperature sous vide. <laughs> high yeah. temperature fast sous vide. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like a neti pot is like a nasal sous vide where you're not really cooking anything <laughs> and it doesn't last very long and you don't keep the water in there very long. Um, it's good. I'm just making sous vide boogers. Ugh. That's what you do. <laughs> I, M- Melissa has been uh, trying to get her sinuses to drain, which is they've just been stuffed up for weeks, and uh, 
she uses the neti pot every now and then. And I, I was asking her, I was like, oh, do you, where, where do you keep the distilled water that you use for your neti pot? She's like, oh, I don't. I just use water from the tap. And I'm oh, like, oh, that's huh. a good way to die. Yeah. No, it's not. Not yeah. in San Francisco. Well, I don't know about San Francisco. Okay. One person in like Louisiana has died from doing that ever. And it's a real <laughs> fucked up story. And so it's real compelling. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It just makes me nervous. Sure. I mean, why not just boil it first? Because that is a gigantic pain in the ass. If you had to boil it first and then wait for it to get... Like, I used to when we first got here, and I was, like, paranoid about it because I didn't have a water filter. Then I was like, you know, the water that comes out of the tap here is cleaner than the water that comes out of the filter in Arizona. Is that true? tastes better. (laughs) You're using your palate (laughs) as the judge. I mean, I kind of like the way the water at my grandmother's house tasted because it tasted like sucking on a rusty nail, and that was novel. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that the water was clean. (laughs) Riff's Riff's first novel, How I Sucked on a Nail at Age 10. Yeah. Huh, what's what's that based on? He said it was novel. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't listen to you guys mostly. When you talk. <laughs> Dr. Capitalism wrote in to say, guys, put peanut butter on your hamburger. Trust me. That is exactly what that kid in the Twilight Zone that would send you to the corn if you misbehaved made his family do. Oh, yeah? He just literally, he made them have hamburgers with peanut butter on it, and they were all disgusted by it, but had to pretend to like it. What is the matter with uh, you, Dr. Capitalism? Are so you trying to torture it, us? It, came up, it has your, come up yet again. trying to trick us into being yeah. sent to the corn. Why is everything about that kid? That kid is like this to this podcast what Dune is to Advice Hot Dog. <laughs> everything is always about Dune. <laughs> he did. Wow. Yeah. Well, Jodorowsky's Dune came up the like oh, a recent show. I mean, Have you seen, you haven't still haven't seen that. I still here, haven't seen Jodorowsky's Dune. And this isn't Dune. video games hot dog, so is that a counterexample? <laughs> well, it's Advice Hot Dog. Is that? I mean, so that wouldn't be. A, oh, it would be just a hot dog. Okay. different counterexample. Yeah. I I get confused by all these hot dogs. Yeah, there's really, a lot of them now. Really, all of our podcasts are mostly about Dune. We have not. I guess we did. There's a little bit of Dune c- content in KOL. Yeah, a little. What is the? What was that RTS game that was all Dune? Dune. I, is, Dune. It just, is it called yeah. Dune? Dune? It was called Dune 2. Dune 1 was a like a... Actually, we really need to do that as a video games hot dog. Dune 1. At some point. Yeah, because it is a weird game. It is a game from... There was a period of time where games looked good, but genres hadn't really been congealed yet. Mm-hmm. And it is like kind of a first-person adventure game, kind of a like Civ builder, where uh-huh. you are... You are Paul Atreides and you're sort of moving around environments, but then you go to different places and like tell the Fremen in certain regions to like grow more crops and produce less spice and stuff. Was Dune 2 the first RTS? Yes. Oh, okay. I vaguely remember that from my video game history class. At least it was credited as it's, it's, it's widely credited as the first real time strategy game. But, um, but yeah, it's, it was pretty good. In its day, it was it was fun. It you go back and play it, and you think, "Wow, Blizzard really made this stuff better." This is the wrong podcast for general eh. video games talk, fellas. That's <laughs> fine. That's we also like video games yeah. in our regular lives. Deus Ex Machina wrote, "No cards against humanity cards in the deck of every card." Uh, no, because we were trying to. Th- this actually feeds into huh. why I don't like cards against humanity. Uh, 
what we wanted was cards that were not jokes that we would then make jokes about. Yeah, okay. Although you did have a couple of just random cards. The- yeah, the, yeah, the things that were made up. That was when I got kind of desperate and I was trying to fill out a number that I had in mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, like, oh, you drew big black cock. So here you go. Here's the new item that will make people who are upset about the smut orcs really mad. Hey, Riff, have you seen any of the, uh, the, the dong vandal in Portland? I, I have not, but I, I haven't been downtown in a few days. Okay. So I haven't seen any, like, around the neighborhood here or, okay. or in the park or anything. There's apparently, for, for our, our listeners who are not familiar, there's apparently some someone who has been, you know how like uh, you'll occasionally see like a pair of sneakers like thrown over a power line or something like that? There's a guy or a girl maybe, I don't know, somebody who has been tying two dildos together and then throwing them over power lines. <clears throat> um, Jake here at Campo Santo said, I, why have they not nicknamed that person Dong Draper? <laughs> oh, that's... That's pretty good. And then, and then, Patrick said, "Yeah, he was formerly known as Dick Whipman." <laughs> it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Event Vuer says, "Hello, I was listening to you talking about getting a new server, and I wondered why you didn't get virtual servers. Maybe you could have a standard build for web servers and then add them dynamically for occasions like Twitches and Crimbo." Thanks, E. So we looked into it a really long time ago and basically it would probably be 10 times as expensive given the way that KOL works as an application to have it operating in Amazon web services. You pay for traffic between servers, right? I think that's theoretically not true, but anymore at least, but like the amount of non-volatile space that we need, like we, provisionally just set up the forums on the cloud to see just like this is a database app and now it exists on AWS and it is, it gets a fraction, like a tiny fraction of the traffic that KOL does. And it costs one fifteenth as much as hosting the game. Yep. And I I think that tiny fraction is probably on the order of 1%, not one fifteenth. Right. I don't even know what one fifteenth is. Seven. Sure. Ish. Seven ish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would just be, it would be insanely expensive, especially given that we already own all of the hardware and that hardware is really cheap and it's pretty easy to replace. And because I am a guy who is capable of just going to the data center, although it's harder when the data center is 900 miles away. Uh, but because I can just go install stuff myself, it doesn't cost very much to have that hardware. My concern is that the data center is going to go out of business. How much warning do you think we'll have if that happens? That is an excellent question. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's possible that they're like, you know, our data center back when we started using them didn't really have to worry about selling space in the, in the, you know, to, to servers for, for other people's businesses because they made all of their money via their sort of like porn business basically, which was just Usenet access 
for people in a way that makes it really, really easy to just pirate movies and shit, and they don't really advertise that, I have no idea if anyone uses it anymore. Hmm. I have no idea if it is still a like if it is service. making any money. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so I like the reason that I worry about that a little bit is because whenever I go in there, there are just more and more and more rows of empty racks as it becomes more and more fashionable to set things up in the cloud. I it might be swinging back the other way, but then the cloud might have gotten cheaper as a response to it swinging back the other way and I just I just don't know. Like if we made another game, we would build it that way to begin with and it would be arbitrarily scalable and it would be fine and that it's just the conversion process would be a nightmare. It would just be weeks of work to literally achieve nothing from the user's standpoint because if we did it correctly, you wouldn't notice anything was different and if we did it incorrectly, like who knows what kinds of stuff would be fucked up. Like it right. is just such a massive undertaking to, to transition the amount and complexity of stuff that's on our servers and like just the years and years and years of developing infrastructure tech and, and stuff like it's, it has become really cumbersome. It has become cumbersome to this world uh, as that one band that did that song. What was the name of that band? I don't know. I'm going to find out. <clears throat> One Hit Wonder Cumbersome. Seven Mary Three was the name of that band. Hmm. Anyway, I bet Gary Butterfield knew that. F writes, what is the importance of the syllable counter that you have in the item creation tools? So that's something that people probably noticed when I was oh, doing the last streaming. live development stream thing. The syllable counter is there for when you adventure. So when you adventure in the haiku dungeon, it converts all of the fight text into haiku. And that was a really ambitious thing that we did that was also part of an item of the month. One of the features of that item of the month is that you can put the entire game into haiku mode. So everything that happens to you is, is displayed in a haiku. And or so just not displayed at all or not displayed at all. Yeah. But that's, I mean, for, for <clears throat> things that, for things that are categorical, like, like, let's say your familiar does something. We just have a bunch of haikus that are like, your familiar does a thing. Ha ha. That was a good haiku that I just wrote. <laughs> see, see to my pants. No wonder it was so easy for us you to write. You just needed more pause. I think we, <laughs> yeah, you're familiar, ha, does something, ha, 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 it rules, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's, um, but when you acquire an item, we wanted to be able to tell you what item it was. So we wrote a bunch of different ones for items with different numbers of syllables in their names. And so then that just, what, that was the only thing the intern did <laughs> was, go through and count syllables on every item that existed when we did that. I think we ended up writing like if was it, did we could we have written 1500 haikus? That's what I have in my head. That wow. We wrote 1500, wow, but know. that can't that be. Seems that sounds like a lot. That seems like a lot. That does seem like a lot. Cuz we did it again for the Seuss stuff. Right. Um and those used all the same categories. That's all in the code somewhere, right? Yeah. And in a bunch of word buckets. Hmm. But yeah, that's what the syllable counter is for. Uh, so that those things don't... I mean, and it's just we needed them then, and so now it's a thing that we have to do on every item that we make. 
Although I don't know how accurate it is because it's it's got a little automated thing that fills it in for us, which and, and it is it's remarkable, weirdly weirdly accurate. Yeah, for what it's actually doing. What is it doing? Uh, it if I described it to you, you would be really surprised at how accurate it is, given how simple it is. I don't remember. Uh, that was some. It was a trick that Xenophobe learned, and it's like a single line of JavaScript or something that just hmm. does. Is it counting characters? It is. It is, and it's 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 doing some sort of math with the lengths of words, the number of a couple specific letters that are in each of them, hmm. and it is it is like eerie vowels or something. Yeah, something. It's 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 extremely simple, almost almost always correct, actually, Frequently. and yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, that's what it's for. Falcon says, can we get some more Jonathan Colton references? I'd really like some make steak taste better pills. See, I feel fantastic. You know, I am not super familiar with Jonathan Colton, so that just doesn't naturally fall out. Like, jokes about that stuff don't happen for me when I write stuff. And, you know, I think maybe Scully was more so. But even him, I don't remember him talking about Jonathan Colton that much. That's a little after our time as, as, like consumers of real explicitly nerdy pop culture i think hmm. i mean not all of its stuff is nerdy necessarily it's the popular stuff is nerdy i mean he definitely like they might be giants i mean they might be giants have a lot of songs mm. that are about serious shit that's true. you know that's a good point like his his oeuvre is definitely yeah but i feel like even when he records a serious crowd. song it's serious from the point of view of a nerd but it's nerdy from the point of view of a normal person okay that is that is how I would describe it, I think. I mean, because I feel like that's kind of how They Might Be Giants exist. Now they're all right. about songs for kids. Well, I mean, they're still releasing albums. Nobody, I don't listen to them anymore. So nobody does. I'm but sure only, like, only the kids. I'm sure that like 17 year olds still, 17 year old <clears throat> dorks still get into They Might Be Giants. Hmm. Metul says, first off, the username is pronounced Metul, not Metul. Kind of corrupt version of metal. You got it wrong last time, but I overlooked it before. Oh, well, you didn't overlook it this time. Second, I just wanted to say that I love how the commentary on the podcast are so directly creator to users. It's pretty common to see tweets and whatnot from game creators being very generic, like, I love the responses from the community. But for me, it's very rare to hear a game creator specifically complain about a specific user and the bullshit they were causing this week. (laughs) To some people, that may seem petty or rude, but it makes the whole game feel way more personal than when the creators are complaining about a specific user, like, they are an uncle who just makes the other family members miserable. Anyway, thanks again for the amazing game that we all appreciate so much. <coughs> oh, well, thank you, Metul. And I'm sorry that I fucked up your name a bunch of times in the past. Um, I don't remember recently calling out specific people for doing specific stuff. Uh, I mean, you definitely did it a lot more when you were still writing things on the forums. Oh, that yeah, that's certainly true. Um, man, coming up on like year and a half. Yeah, since I. Walked away from that bullshit in disgust. I think I'm happier. I think I'm a happier person now than I was a year and a half ago. Um, And I I think it's probably entirely because of posting on gameplay discussion. Did uh, we're not going to do anything with our like KOL presence on Reddit because of all the garbage that's going on with them, are we? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Like we're not even in, in charge of that. Subreddit. No, yeah, and I don't. I mean, totally a fan run thing. I don't. 
I'm not. I have not been following. I am not. No, but I mean, and I like I have been a little bit, and I'm I'm still not like even if the a lot of the worst of what they're being accused of is true, I don't personally feel like that means that no one should use it because it's like it's kind of like a big generic message board that's real easy to filter by stuff that you're interested in. So you can like if you just go to the front page, there's there's you know. I don't know. The racism on there is kind of like the porn on there, I guess. You don't see it unless you really go searching for it. Mm. I don't know. They 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 have been sort of at least making they've at least been giving lip service to the idea of stopping that kind of stuff from happening. I mean, I think the original founder, one of the original founders is back on as the CEO now and they're hmm. sort of you know, I don't know. There was all that bullshit with Ellen Pow kind of being allowed to fall on her sword because of some decisions that she had nothing to do with just because a bunch of misogynist pricks on Reddit were calling for her to be burned at the stake. But I don't know, you know, in, in my mind, I don't think that that should stop us from using that to communicate with our fans that are there because it didn't stop them from being there. Yeah. And, you know, the way that I interface with it, it's fine. And I don't, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not really interested in having a discussion about whether, like, what does free speech mean or what should a community be like? And, you know, if it's going to be self-moderated, should it be 100% self-moderated or whatever? Like, whatever. I, I just, you know, I don't want to talk about free speech on the Internet really ever again. But... <laughs> It's, uh, no, I I wouldn't, I would not say that my plans have changed at all vis-a-vis Reddit based on anything that has happened since the last time we did anything on Reddit. Okay. Um, you know, I still pop into the KOL subreddit and see what people are talking about and occasionally answer questions. You would still do an AMA. Yeah, I totally would still do an AMA. I think I will when we have something to show for West of Loathing, which again is going to be pretty soon. Let's not have the conversation that I edited out of last week's podcast that was prompted by the discussion of when we would have something to show for West of Loathing. Okay. That is getting, it is getting better and better on a daily basis. You're definitely walking around and doing stuff. You are definitely doing that. Uh, there are some shadows being cast. Turns out when you cast shadows based on the actual profile of the art that I draw, looks like crazy fucking garbage because <laughs> they, uh, they don't actually billboards. Yeah, and- they are. And they, they don't like it. The, the fact that I cannot with a gun to my head, draw a horizontal line um it it's everything has this super weird like there's just oh there's just a version it's like it's floating above the ground i think uh victor the programmer has figured out a way to deal with this by just like sinking every object into the ground secretly but still drawing it on top of the ground plane and then only casting shadows from the stuff that is above ground so that probably looks okay. Although I think then from certain angles, it's going to look like the shadows are being cast from a point, not on the bottom of the cactus or whatever. So we'll have to see. I'm confident in his ability to come up with something that makes it look okay. Uh, but I think I have to start being more careful about actually drawing horizontal lines. No matter how much I try to compensate for it. If I don't use a light box. And the light box helps because it gives you, you do like, you trace over a grid. Yeah, I just have some. Oh, okay. I just have some really f- fine grained graph paper I that I use as the as a as a backdrop, and so and it's impossible. Like the paper that I draw on is too thick to just trace. How much does the light box weigh? 
Uh, it's pretty heavy, actually. It's like maybe 15 <laughs> pounds until it melts, and then okay. it's 20. Yeah. <laughs> F says, Do you ever wonder if you're putting out too much new content? As a casual player, I always feel overwhelmed with the amount of new stuff always coming out, and I never feel like there's enough time to just enjoy the game. I know Jick's response will be, You don't have to play the new content. Eat a dick, F. Internally, I'm driven to want to play the new stuff, but time is against me. This tends to lead me halfway through a new challenge path in which I just stop playing for weeks. Thoughts? Yeah, it's rough. I mean, I feel like there are a lot of people like you, and then there are a lot of people who would probably drift off if there wasn't anything new for a significant enough period of time. I think the current pace is probably actually better for most people, and I think that... What, like, so, like, you know, there's a new item of the month every month, and sometimes that's significant content, sometimes it's not. It's usually, I think even in the ones that, even in the items of the month that have a lot of content to them... That normally, unless it's like one of the charters where it's a bunch of new zones and quests and stuff, which will maybe last you a few days before you feel like you've seen it all. It's, you know, that's like a week's worth of work to produce a day's worth of turns worth of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. but then there's something that there's I don't think is producing challenge paths, but those are some of them are not like you're seeing a whole bunch of new stuff. Like yeah. they're just sort of simple mechanical things. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, there was that one year where we just did so much stuff. So what, 2013 was, was that the crazy productive year? Like that was when maybe Dreadsylvania and the skill revamps and everything. Or was that man? I don't even remember. I think it was 2013. Cause that was the, that was the, when we came here. Right. And that, yeah. San Francisco change of scenery and just suddenly like being locked in a room working from home again for the first time in a long time made it f- made for a really, really productive, like three or four months, followed by a really depressing year, which we didn't actually didn't actually happen because we skipped that year and moved into an office. So oh, just we just went forward in time. Yeah. Year. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it just that's why I, there was so few updates for a while. Yeah. I find it much harder to work from home after doing so for months because you just get to the <clears throat> thing where you don't ever go anywhere and it's real sad when you look back and you see that one foot of set of footprints that's when i skipped forward in time about 12 seconds mm-hmm. how far do you think you can walk in 12 seconds how many peanuts do you think you can shell and eat in one minute uh, is that from something uh, we just tried that once at a baseball game me and roy oh, yeah how okay, many? so that was an inside joke. I think I guessed 15 and then actually did 30. Huh. Wow, shell- so I guess, are you counting... Each half two, of the peanut Yeah, as are you counting two peanuts or one peanut per shelling? One, like, uh, a, an, an unit. <laughs> like, I think a peanut... <laughs> like so a what peanut you think of when you two see lobes and pe- two nuts, right? You say two lobes and two nuts? Yeah, it's like yeah. two lobes of a peanut, right? Okay. Like, there's the there's one the, lobe, nine stories. There's the head lobe of Mr. Peanut, and then <laughs> there's the Lisa like, lobe the, and the nine thorax, stories. <laughs> the, the thorax the lobe, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I guess it is head and butt. Because yeah, so he's got he's lobe. got those legs. That's that one off. peanut. Mr. Peanut is what is not Mr. Peanuts. <laughs> he's one <laughs> peanut. Okay, but how many peanuts constitute Charlie Brown? Okay, mm. 
I guess I did. If you if you just had like a jar of peanuts and you said, give me a peanut, and then yeah. I handed you two peanuts, you would be like, I said a peanut, you <laughs> asshole. Right. So I think it... No, that seems like something uh, kind of petty to call someone an asshole about. Well, I mean, Hot Stuff is a real dick. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> about those kind of things. <laughs> I'm nothing if not pedantic. Mm-hmm. I think you mean pedantic. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Do you want to, uh, that, let's, let's get, uh, let's get past these more accessible non-nerdy questions and have a second half of the show where we answer questions for real dorks. How about that? Real dork. Zen zero zero says, since you're working to make a better food curve, can you add some new food to the hole in the sky? Oh, is there, what is in the hole in the sky? The monsters in the hole in the sky are just constellations, and all they drop are stars and lines, and right. you can make a bunch of stuff out of the stars and lines already. Uh, the only important thing <clears throat> that you make out of the stars and lines is the key that you need to do the final quest, and it, that's more or less all anybody makes there. Is there food that you can make out of There isn't, and okay. I don't know if that's what Zen00 is suggesting. I think that if I were to do that, it would be a thing that you could make that almost no one would make. Right. Um, because you, you basically just stay there until you have enough for the required stuff and then you yeah. move on. Yeah. Cause that's all it is. And the gear that you make is not the, like the gear that you can make out of the stars and lines is not very powerful or not very interesting. If you don't have the outfit, although that gear might even be tradable. So like it was, is. is probably way more cost effective to just buy those things in the mall and then get the, the get the tattoo that you get for wearing the outfit. There's the star throwing star. So yeah, this one that consume. used to be used in the tower, in the old tower sometimes, but it's not, that's not important anymore. You, you needed a couple other pieces of that gear to do a thing in the tower, but that's also not there anymore because that was just a goofy puzzle. Um, <clears throat> and one that we always had to ride around for, uh, challenge for, cha- paths. for avatar yeah, paths. For avatar yeah. Paths. Yeah. Boy. I, you know, the new, the new sorceress tower is a thing where, I think that I and the player base are agreed that it's just way better. Like, I haven't heard anyone say that they preferred the old one, which is really rare for such a comprehensive (coughs) revamp. I mean, there were certainly some cool things about the old one that it's a little sad that they're gone, but everybody had seen them. Everybody who would complain about it had seen them so many times that I think everyone everyone who would complain about them is dead. Yeah, everyone who would complain about them is so old that they're dead now. Right. Um... It's amazing that we've been able to work in this game for 95 years. Yeah, it is. That's how long people live. That's how long people? Mm-hmm. That's how long people live. <laughs> like Longfellow. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled pork. Was it the long the long pork sandwich? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Solveomna says... Uh, in not too very long, the Game Informer dungeon will rotate out of standard. I am seriously going to miss that thing. What I like is the cool randomly generated content where I could get okay booze and food in hardcore and somewhat suboptimally advance in the game while I was doing it. The fact that it was finite but repeatable with both varying and consistent rewards made it play differently in run than, say, the charter areas, and I think that's a cool thing. I hope this mechanic can find its way back into standard. It's a thing that I would use for my hardcore loop each year because why would I not? Uh, since there's already a new vector for keys, maybe a new dungeon could give things that help with the tower itself, like a one hit for the shadow or a wand of that guy. Um, yeah, I, we have something in the pipeline that could be arranged to be like that. I'm having a hard time imagining how 
if, if what I'm thinking, yeah, what I'm thinking the thing, the thing that you did, that's like, <clears throat> me, that's like mechanically similar in terms of the work that you did for it. Yes. Yeah. That seems like a thing that just would make an item, not a thing that would make yeah. a set of zones. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be like zones, but you'd be able to get items out of it the way that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, okay. A that's specific true. sort of item. <laughs> if you made a, I guess if you made a, um. Yeah, that that's interesting to try to figure out. I think we got really lucky with the like the content was always going to be good in the in that dungeon thing because you're good at making jokes about monsters. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. But the fact that it turned into a thing that was actually like mechanically interesting to spend the turns on, I think, was really a stroke of luck. Mm. Um, and trying to make something like that on purpose, I'm a little intimidated by, just not to say that I wouldn't do it. I mean, that, like, a, an item that goes into that slot that just produces some content for you to play every day is really cool. I mean, you know, an item that cost one Uncle Buck and produced some content <laughs> that you could play every day that, you know. Do you think people would be mad if optimal, like, hardcore play required you to spend an Uncle Buck in every hardcore run. I think that they would. Yeah, I feel in a way that they wouldn't if it required you to spend like a million meat every run, which might be might be similar, but it's a different. It just feels. It different. does feel, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah, that's probably dumb. But yeah, I, you know, I don't know where I would put something like that if I was going to do it again. I mean, just a like a little mini charter would be cool. A like a procedurally that, generated, a little one. procedurally generated thing that you could go through every day and mm. get and just get like you know a thing that was more geared to be a thing that you did to get a reward, and the procedural generation was there f- to make that mechanical aspect of it fun, as opposed to the charters, which are just meant to be a bunch of additional content. I could see could... maybe doing it as an alternate or as a replacement to the shore trips. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about a procedurally generated room escape? Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. I'm Hmm. curious whether that would be... I can kind of see the shape of that. I, um, I randomly was talking to this guy. I went to, uh, I went to the, uh, misogynist cigar club uh, in the financial district (laughs) the the other night. And, uh, randomly... this guy sitting next to me asked me what I was reading and I told him what I was reading. And then he was, we got to talking and he like works for Oculus and Mm -hmm. showed me some stuff that he had made. And one of the things that he made was this like first person sort of dinosaurs on islands game that he, that procedurally generated everything, including like puzzles to get from Island to Island. And I didn't get a chance to talk to him very much about it, but it like, I've been thinking since the other night when I talked to this guy about it, about procedural puzzle generation and whether you can really do things that are, interesting with it because you can definitely do like some just lock and key bullshit and some order of operations stuff Mm -hmm. and like you can definitely like here's a here's three gates that you have to get through and some levers that are wired up randomly to change the way that the gates are open or closed but that isn't really fun there was a there was a sort of puzzle game that um i saw that was I think six statements 
that were all sort of logic puzzle style statements. It's like, you know, Bobby and Freddy uh, have <clears throat> have the same last name. Um, you know, one of them likes baseball. And then there'd be another sentence that's like, Mary Sue uh, it came in third place after, you know, Helen or whatever. And then it's just like, like a bunch of these procedurally generated statements and you just sort of are like selecting through them and you can sort of like some of them have things that match up with other ones and you're sort of like selecting through them and you like click through them and like are alternating sort of like re-rolling one statement at a time and then you get to like i don't know like 50 re-rolls and it stops you and says okay this is your problem now solve it (laughs) and and it's it's 99.9% 99.9% sure that it's not actually a solvable problem, but I thought it was a really funny, like, game, right? Because it's like, you're, because you're sitting there and you are, like, you can't actually sort of think about, like, okay, well, if I can get these two but to is, match. Is each statement really about, like, an entirely different set of yeah. things? Okay, because that's not, <laughs> it's, like, it's, kind of, it's just great. We, you saw that, um. I feel like we did some of these recently. Uh, there was a website that would just randomly generate at a given, yes. at a specified difficulty, mm-hmm. just generate uh, a like logic, standard grid logic. Grid-based logic puzzle. puzzle. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, it, they, it did not, I kind of wanted to like write some more content for right. them because yeah. it wasn't very interesting. Like it, like it was very simple and boring, the, the kinds of things that they talked about. I'm guessing that the content for that would not be particularly hard to write. You would just have to be, you would have to like say, this is what this row is called. This is how you describe a person interacting with it. Right. And there are 10 variants on, you know, prefers baseball, enjoys playing baseball, whatever, baseball, 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 baseball. That's all I ever talk about. Hadlow, everyone, says signs 314. How's about this for a way for speed players to take a few days off? Add a button to the options menu that defaults to off. When it's turned on, players get a message on logging in if they've been away for a day or more to resume where they left off or to let the day's turns accumulate. If they select yes, they will only get the one night's rollover turns, garden progress, etc. In addition, holidays will be disabled for the rest of the run. Day count will not count any intervening days. The switch in in the options menu will prevent newbies from getting confused or too pressured into speed running. And by having it default to off, you only need to track separate data for the relatively small player base that would be concerned with such speed. I could elaborate more, but I don't want to babble on. What do you think so the problem this is the the often recommended the the pause pause button button. that people want so the problem is if we had built the game from the ground up the way that we probably should have which is that rollover is not an actual event that occurs on the server right so every night at rollover everybody gets new turns a bunch of things expire that that need to expire at rollover like a bunch of processing gets done and that That's happens for everyone off. all at once and everyone has to be logged off for <clears> that to happen. And what y- what you are proposing assumes that it works in a different way that is identical from the user's point of view, which is the next time that you log on, it just does however many rollovers there have been since the last time you logged off and gives you those turns and, and handles all that stuff. But that just isn't how it works. And so preventing that rollover stuff from happening to people on an individual basis like the way that you're describing, just doing something to everyone is very cheap. Doing something to no one is free. Doing <laughs> stuff to some people is potentially incredibly expensive in terms of database processing and how long it takes. Like <laughs> things that update every row in a table are way faster than things that selectively update rows in a table based on a criteria. And so the things that 
already take the longest in rollover are the things that only affect some people, like getting extra adventures from clan furniture that you may or may not have installed or whatever. We should burn down the rumpus room and turn it into something different than it is. Hmm. that then no longer requires that sort of rollover processing. I'll bet there's a lot of that, that if we really put our minds to it, we could just start moving that to being processed when somebody logs in and not having rollover be as important a thing as it used to be. And then there's all, there's all sorts of stuff we could do. I mean, we, we had proposed the idea of like giving people, like if it's been five days since you logged on, you just get, you know, a couple hundred turns of like a big plus stat gain so that you can level up faster or whatever, like a bunch of stuff to, to sort of, make people feel less bad about not playing every day like they're like not a well, it's like a well-rested bonus or yeah something. but that is also made very difficult by the way that rollover works right you know because we just kind of don't know you know we had talked about like if you log off for a few days and the number of turns that you've accumulated caps that that cap starts overflowing into another number that a, we then a rollover, know a rollover number yeah <laughs> rollover rollover flow we right. call that <clears throat> um but yeah i mean that's that that idea that you suggest is a thing that a lot of people want it's just very well i don't know if a lot of people want it i think a handful of really dedicated people want it and so it's a thing that is is spoken of a lot um it's just very very hard to do and it also how so, how rough would it be to to just burn down the rollover script to just eliminate <clears throat> rollover? Yeah, I am sure there are things that I am not thinking of that would be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time since I paid any attention to the rollover script. I wonder. I wonder what that would do to lag too, because like if there was no specific time. Except there would still have to be a specific time, right? Because it would be, yeah, like we need to know for I mean, that. Yeah, <clears throat> what happens if you would we still have to kick everybody off to make that a thing? I mean, potentially not, but you'd have to log off and log back on to, to get your new, yeah, to for rollover to have happened for you. So, I mean, well, but then if we don't kick people off, then you could have two people that are playing at the same time with slightly different things going like one person could be in a holiday one for person one, yeah wouldn't which, be yeah and that's that th- all of the things that make <clears> the <throat> that make this a multiplayer game are counter to the convenience things that you want yeah for playing it as a competitive <clears throat> game because competitively it is a single player game right that you're that you're just posting runs that you're racing against other people so it's not if we never kicked people off then you could in theory, just stay logged in indefinitely, gaining whatever holiday. Bonuses. Yeah, it would just always be Christmas or whatever, and we yeah. don't want that. I mean, we could always just put out some sort of a thing that was like, "Hey, you need to run your rollover code before you can do anything." Like, you can't load any page. Like now, it has it is this rollover as far as the server knows, so you can't do anything until you refresh mm. your session. I mean, we you know. I don't know. I don't, I, I honestly don't know how we would do it. If, if I, if it was just like make KOL two, like, I don't know how I would do it. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that it would just be like, what time do you want to get your day's allotment of turns? Like you can change this hmm. once a week or whatever, you know, so that you can't, you can't game it. Yeah. 
or like <clears throat> it has to be more than 24 hours from now or something if you want to change right. the time. Um, event viewer says, hello, the powers that be. The response to the pasta nerf fest <clears throat> hasn't been too bad, and people have commented on the forums that there are too many turns available to make KOL a coffee break game. Do you think that dietary paths could be made to work with standard? I really enjoy playing a version of the game where I can match my skill against other players, but without having to spend hours each day playing every turn that I can squeeze out of my fullness. Thanks, E. A PS, can you please make the whalebone corset into a shirt? It doesn't seem right as an accessory. Yeah, that probably should be a shirt. It might have been an accessory for mechanical reasons rather than flavor reasons. Um, Isn't also, you can wear a corset. something you wear, yeah, over or under a shirt? Well, unless you're being sexy. <laughs> um, I mean, I, well, I think that there are bras in the game that are shirts. Hmm. Okay. Right. So that's a little weird. Aren't there also bras that are hats, though? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Fuck. I forgot what the question was. Oh, it was about uh, uh, dietary paths. Yes. Uh, I. The trouble is that standard is a path <clears throat> and the thing where you don't eat is a path, right? So if you want new evergreen paths that combine both of those, then that dilutes the leaderboards in a way that standard was trying to prevent right and you know something that we could start doing which would uh, you know allow us to focus on other projects more is to say okay well now there are two boring paths a year <laughs> or rather there's you know that fuck i don't know there's you know the, the, this the next challenge path is just you can't eat Right. Like mm -hmm. challenge paths in the classic style of challenge paths where it's just there's a there's a there's a thing that you can't interact with and it limits limits you in some way. Food hates you. Yes. Yeah. Food does hate you. Challenge path um, where you don't get the natural forty turns a day and cannot get more than forty turns by eating or drinking. <laughs> challenge path where you just get no adventures. But the thing is those are those are no always very unpopular challenge paths. Right. And I don't know if they are unpopular relative to when they were normal paths you know like not very many people played hardcore oxy i don't know if it was as many people as played slow and steady or not but slow and steady was a bone thrown to the people who were like we miss hardcore oxy runs being relevant so I'm like okay we'll do a challenge path that's like that people still play hardcore oxy though. yeah that's that is that is of all the old paths that's still one that people are playing because i think because it has their life or the, the restrictions and the, or are the people lower. playing it because there are rewards that you get for playing it and it takes a long time to play a single run in it so there's always yeah, a portion a proportion of the player base that I is think both in it. right it definitely it has rewards that people are interested in but there's also yeah. a, like a community of people for whom that's the game because it's it is closer to a coffee break game than most of the other modes that you can play yeah we should just make another game that's a coffee break game yeah yeah. So you can play with one hand. Crops. I don't think it would I don't think it would make any money. We could try to we could just try to make one that was just ad supported. You know, this is the KOL coffee break game that you've always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And playing it feeds back into your KOL account somehow. It probably doesn't. <laughs> could. Okay, make it all procedurally generated so we don't have to ever touch it again. Yeah, so we don't have to put any new content in it ever. Yeah. yeah. But we wouldn't tell people it was procedurally generated. <laughs> we would have, in fact, there would be procedurally generated updates. 
Ooh. Written, written by Eliza. <laughs> yes. How do you feel that your bats are now twice as powerful? <laughs> that would be kind of funny, actually. Just write a... Man, just write a set of rules that just kind of randomly changes things about the world. Oh, wow. Like, this monster has moved from this zone to this <clears> other <throat> zone that is nearby. And just let... Like... Just have it be a thing that you have very you have limited interactions with, but it is a kind of an ecosystem rather than a right. That's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, man. If World we, building. If we were to just try to game jam that using just KOL assets and writing, you know, right? Like, mm, that'd be a mm, neat toy that yeah. you could just watch. Or participate in it at, at their desire. That would be a pretty fun, just week-long game jam thing to do. Just here's here's your basically your clicker game that is based on KOL, and it changes to the point where it's like those change. We we try to design those changes such that they create opportunities for interesting things to happen right. that we would not necessarily have done Plan. anything about on purpose. Like yeah. that, this item is now worth more money. Or whatever, and like, you know, I don't know what you buy with that money. It can't be anything too complicated, right? <laughs> like, you know, maybe you just everybody just has like a dick on their profile, and every thousand meat you spend increases the length of that <laughs> dick by one inch, right? And <coughs> or like you have a profile that you decorate, and we sell decorations that you can then just drag around on the ooh, on the profile ooh, stickers, just, yeah, Sticker just bunk. shapes shapes so that everyone can just make dicks. Um, man, uh, Zen zero zero says, can the staff of fats be moved to the hidden city as it currently is? You never have the opportunity to use the plus five pool skill of it for the spooky raven quest because you can't get the wa- the staff without finishing said quest first. But that isn't true. Yeah, that surprises me. I mean, I, I think you don't do it because you tend to do spooky raven earlier than the palindrome, the palindrome zone. Also, it's the staff of fats. It's in the palindrome because it's a palindrome. That's the whole point of it. Um, the reason that it's there is because that's where it goes. It That isn't true. That's not true. You can do the palindrome before you do Spooky Raven. Like, you just don't because that part of the Spooky Raven quest yeah, is at a really low I level. I definitely can't think of any reason why you couldn't. Yeah. So, it's not that you can't. It's just that you don't. And no, I'm not going to move that. Also, pool is for other stuff. Pool skill is for other stuff than just doing that quest. Right. It's for it's for successfully navigating the clan Olympic size swimming pool. Eluciana says, is there any chance you could add the card, the one that everybody knows, the one that can save you in a pinch, the one, the only, the get out of jail free card? I could not come up with. That was on everybody's it list. It was on everybody's list, but then nobody could really come up with. Because I am pretty committed to not putting any more free runaways in paid content anymore, uh, because I just want to phase that mechanic out and replace it with the instant kill that the Puck Man and that the Heavy Rain's Lightning Strike thing had. There was one good suggestion for it that had to do with Hobopolis. Oh. Then we just didn't do it. Oh, yeah. I... I know what that suggestion is, but I think maybe I either didn't see it or had forgotten about it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that might have been Gamelli. 
Shamu says, the recent consumables <laughs> revamp that is being done is very cool. I can appreciate the focus on making the in-run curve of food follow a saner pattern. How much are you thinking of non-mage versus mage and the ability to make food with class skills only? And should we expect similar updates for rogues with booze and for fighters with spleen? Definitely not fighters with spleen because that's not really a thing. I mean... Pulverize, pulverize makes some basic spleen items, but that's those are not the spleen items that people use. But it's an and interesting, it's an interesting sort of it is notion of the I don't triumvirate. There. Booze is weird because food. It's very easy for us to just arbitrarily make up new kinds of food that can be made out of more or less anything. But booze is sacrosanct. Is rel? I mean, at least a lot of the <laughs> early stuff. It's relatively. Like vodka plus orange juice is going to make a screwdriver, right? And oranges come from where they come from. And almost everything that is that you make booze out of comes from the, like the level five stuff, like right? the hippie. It'd be funny if you could, if that was like a, if that was a secondary solution to the untinkers quest. Was that just bringing him a screw? He's like, yeah, he just gets drunk and doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets drunk and it unlocks his latent psychokinesis and he just... He's able to take things apart with his mind, or he just—he just gets pissed off and throws them at the wall. Breaks, and breaks them, yeah. <laughs> and that's apparently a skill that you do not have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know the reason that he charges so much. It's like a dollar for throwing at the wall, ninety-nine dollars for knowing the exact right spot on the wall to throw it at. Right, <laughs> it's, it's artisanal, artisanal throwing <laughs> yeah. stuff at walls. Um. Anyway, he continues, what does the ideal endgame of a consumables revamp look like to you guys? Thanks for their great podcast. Uh, and that was Shamu. Uh, half the turn gen that we currently have, I think. Um, but only in run, right? Like, it's because you're, you're, you're just extending out the, the curve, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's the, at least the idea. Sure. And, and I don't actually think that I can get away with cutting turn gen in half. I just, I want, I want it to just not be like, effortlessly insane softcore doesn't do a lot of crazy high turn gen anyway they tend to eat things that save turns for reasons other than how good the food is um it's it is an interesting state where turn gen is not the primary concern yeah. in softcore so maybe we just of, need to make a bunch more of those food that's attractive for other reasons so you won't eat the high turn food yeah, I don't know for somebody who's just like aftercore meat farming or whatever that we're going to be able to do that. Hmm. You know, if there was food that you know, if there was a food item that didn't produce very many turns but gave you a hundred thousand meat when you ate it, <laughs> like that'd be a thing. Just a I, giant yeah. bag of meat. <laughs> it, it's a you bag eat of meat. Some with of a, it, and there's a hundred thousand meat left over. <laughs> well, it's a bag of meat with a single dollop of whipped cream on top. It's... <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you to, can't spend it because it's all dirty. But if you lick the whipped cream off, you get one turn and then you keep the meat. God, can you imagine if somebody gave you a dollar with some whipped cream on it? Like, there's just no way that I would that I would I would lick that whipped cream off so that I could keep that dollar. Well, I feel like in the real world, you're afforded a lot of opportunities other than the specific ones that we decide to code for them, right? You mean like, like wipe it off on a yeah? You can just wipe a, it off on yeah. a person. Yeah, you could just yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could whoever gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That, that's kind of funny. Like, so somebody, somebody paid for something at KOLCon with a big stack of $2 bills. And I just can't 
bring myself to be $2 bills guy. So they're just sitting there. I need to just deposit them. You were gold coins guy for a long time. I hated it. I became gold coins guy. I didn't want to be, I don't want to be anything guy. But but you just like a guy you you don't even remember because he just paid for his coffee like a fucking normal person. Like a ninja. Do you. I wanted to be the guy that you don't remember because he paid for his coffee and then bludgeoned you, took all the cash from your drawer and all the coffee and then left. And you have no memory of it happening because of the head trauma. Uh, Jesus. But so you were really excited about gold coins. Be, well, because I, because in so Europe, I, I really wanted to, I really want $1 bills to go away and dollar coins to I become see. a thing that you can <clears throat> fucking spend in this country. And so I thought, okay, the, the I'm going to be the change I want to. <laughs> oh, man, you don't even have to be doing it on purpose. So good. So the, the treasury just did that thing trying to make that happen oh, right? right? where they were like, if you, you can just buy some cash with a credit card. Yeah. Please don't abuse this. Yeah. But you can. And so we just, you know, you and I both did it. We just bought a bunch, as many as they would sell us, because we both, I mean, I think you wanted it to exploit your credit cards, free miles and cashback rewards and shit, (laughs) because you are the problem with the world. I am the problem. You are the thing that eventually ruins everything for the rest of us. You are the reason you can't just get a free Coke (laughs) out of a bottle of Coke anymore. That's Yeah, I'm I'm the reason, because the polar bears. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the climate change that you caused that made polar bears go extinct. Yep. Thus, they made all the coke. Eliminating Coke's <laughs> advertising yep. potential. Have you seen the Coke ad in like years? No, no, I haven't. And I'm almost sure that Coke is out of business. Yep. Um, anyway. What was, what was even the question? Uh, food. Um, <laughs> speaking of food, we should, uh, we should go eat dinner. Yeah, we should. I think we're going to get some tacos. Yes. Ooh. All right. Uh, you guys, it's been fun recording this episode of the Kingdom of Loathing podcast, and I hope we do it again soon. And I expect we will in about a week. Listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, make a hamburger out of farts. Night, Have a great everybody. week, everybody. <laughs>